Another club, black and white stripes, put an offer in front of him that was a lot more than what our offer was. And he said, well, you, know, you guys have just come on the, on the scene now, but Essendon's been dealing with me for a number of months. Hi everyone, my name's Julian Trantino and I'm from the Don's Digital team. While we wait for footy to return, we're pleased to bring you a five-part series with Adrian Dodoro, the club's GM of Liston Recruiting. Leading the club's recruiting for 22 years, Adrian has a wealth of draft stories that he'll be sharing exclusively on the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Well, Adrian, the 2013 draft was one like no other. You spend a year planning a strategy and then you get told in late August that the club will be banned from the first two rounds of the draft. How do you deal with that? Um, yeah, it was uh, a tumultuous period. Um, I suppose experience plays a, a pretty important part in dealing with issues like that because I, I had to deal with it uh, in about 2000, 2001 when we got sanctioned earlier uh, in my career when we lost draft selection. So I'd been through it before and so we were able to sort of um, guide our way through it and I think we ended up coming out of it okay. Um, so what we did was we... Um, decided to employ a guy by the name of Marty Allison, who was a uh, Vic Metro coach, um, Calder Cannon coach, just a, a, a junior junior coach in the region. Um, and his job was to go find the best international player available. Uh, we felt that if we didn't have our first and second round draft picks, that at least we could go and find a rookie B player. Um and try and beat the system in some way, shape or form. And uh, we certainly did that by recruiting Connor McKenna. And um, so he, he was the the player that uh, a lot of people don't talk about um, through that um, sanctioned period. But we were able to secure him. And, you know, I always look back and say that uh, it was fortunate we got him because he certainly would be the equivalent of a first-round draft pick, uh, which we lost that year. Well, you were able to f- secure four players despite all those sanctions um, that have now become regulars in the team. So Zach Merritt, pick 26, Ratio Fantasia, pick 55, Pat Ambrose, pick 26 in the rookie draft, and you mentioned Connor McKenna. How proud are you when you look back on that draft and what you're able to do? I oh, look, look, I think we, yeah, proud, proud of my team, proud of uh, the people that put the time and effort in you know, around the country to, to you know, the, the unsung heroes are, are the people in the recruiting departments, the, the, the guys that work in Western Australia, South Australia, um, you know, Ian White, um, Bruce Evans, you know, my team, um, Rob Forster Knight, um, Glenn Knight, Georgia Harvey, um, and uh, obviously we don't forget Merv Kane, who up until, you know, 12 months ago was my right-hand man. So, you know, you, you're happy for the hard work that your, your whole entire team puts in. Um, but I always look back and think of the, the opportunity lost because that was a bumper draft. And, um, you know, there was so many good plays in that draft. And the way we ranked our draft that year, had we have kept our selections and, you know, we probably would have been set up today. If you think about, you know, we got Zach Merritt only because Stu Cremary left us to go to the Bulldogs. So we got that, that selection um, uh, for Stu and, and we ended up drafting uh, Zach Merritt. But if you look at our first pick that year, I think the, our first pick, um, Carlton picked uh, Paddy Cripps with that selection. 
Um, and that, that's when it really starts to bite and hurt. And if you look at that draft, guys like Ben Brown, for example, late in the draft, still sitting there, a guy that we rated in the top 25 of that draft. Um, I always look back and think, you know, the gods weren't smiling on us then. But fortunately, you know, Zach Merritt ended up being a fabulous player. Um, Arazio Fantasia, you know, a, a great player. Uh, Paddy Ambrose, you know, he, he puts his body on the line every week for the football club and, uh, as mentioned, you know, Connor from Ireland. So we salvaged, uh, a, a, you know, a, the situation, but it could have been a, a bumper crop, there's no doubt. There were some real steals in that draft, as you mentioned, but when did Zach Merritt really enter your thinking? Was it was it on the night that perhaps he, he slid further down to what you expected or did you feel that pick 26 was about right at the time? Again, um, uh, we – look, I, I love Zach um, from the first day I, I watched him play and you know, he had a cricket background and um, – you know, obviously his brother was at the club, so you know we knew the family ex- exceptionally well. We knew what what, what high quality people Herb and Kath are, so we knew that we were dealing with with a great family. But he was so different to Jackson for a stay as a left footer. Um, uh, uh, Jackson's more your your outside half forward, smart winger type player, um, whereas Zach had all the the traits of being a really smart stoppage player. Um, left-sided, you know, a great thinker, a great user. Um, so there was always an attraction to Zach because we, we felt we had a little bit of an advantage knowing the family a little bit, knowing the quality. But the things that stuck out for me with Zach Merritt was when we interviewed Zach, I've never known a young man to actually come into the interview with notes. He actually came so prepared, he knew every sponsor of our club, he knew every board member, he came there to interview us and I thought, Jesus, how professional is this young bloke? And it wasn't a con job. It wasn't anything other than who he is as a person. He is so diligent. Um, it, it's just not funny. He, he's professional beyond his, beyond his years um, and that was the thing that really stood out for us. The thing about that draft was, though, that we felt that our, our recruiting or, our sorry, our list management strategy was that we wanted to bring in a tall and um, we got to that pick. And to be honest, uh, we, I thought we were going to take Rory Lobb. Um, actually rang Rory before the, the draft and said, look, mate, I think you're a really, really good chance to come to the Essen Footy Club. Uh, he's turned out to be a great player. I uh, saw him on the weekend, uh, probably close to best on ground <laughs> against us. Um, but then uh, I remember speaking to Bomber on the Gold Coast probably an hour before the draft and... And Bomber said to me, what's your gut feel? I said, mate, my gut feel that this kid, Zach Merritt's going to be a star. And he said to me, always go with your gut instinct. Don't worry about what strategy he says. Go with what your, your gut instinct is. And got to the pick and it was only when they called the number out that I, I turned around and I think I, there's an expletive that, that came over the broadcast and I actually changed my mind there and then. I said to the words of bugger it, um, I'm taking Zach. And um, it was funny because Steve Silvani at GWS was going to take Zach Merritt with the next pick and he looked at me and then he took um, Rory Lobb with that pick. So, um, yeah, it was interesting and, you know, absolutely no regret. A great player um, and a boy that's got his best football ahead of him. Make no mistake about it.
Is that uh, – I, I do remember watching that draft and seeing how long you and your team took on pick 26 using every single second you had. How how hard is it to deal with the pressure when, when you got the clock ticking like that? Oh, it's difficult. And at the end of the day, I've got to make a decision, you know, like – you can take everyone's opinions on board, but one person has to make a call at every table, at every draft selection. You know whether it's Stephen Wells or whether it's um, Scotty Clayton or Kenny Beats, and you know it's a unique situation to be put in because yes, you do. You know you consult with your recruiting team, you consult with the coaches. You've done so much work. Everyone has an opinion, but then you've got to make the decision. And at that time, and um, you know, Bomber was a. a, a a tower of strength for me because he's just said, back your judgment. You know, your gut feels telling you that, you know, this kid is what you, you think we is going to be really good for us. And even though our list management strategy said we need to take a Ruckman, then we just, you know, when you've got the support of people around you, it means a hell of a lot and, you know, uh, absolutely no regrets. And look, either way, we would have got a very good player. And I think it's more of a a testament to the strength of that draft that year. Again, if you look at it, there's some really good players that have come out of that draft. You know, Bot and Belly at four, Paddy Cripps, you know, as you said, Ben Brown, Ratio Fantasia. There's a lot of good players that have come from that draft. Um, you mentioned Bonson Pally. He was quite heavily linked to Essendon. Was he someone that you really had on your radar until these these sanctions came <laughs> in? Oh, look, fabulous player. Um, you know, we called him in for a couple of interviews and Prior to the sanctions, um, you know, certainly would have been a player that we would have loved to have traded for to get. In fact, when Cremary said he was going to the Bulldogs, um, you know, you would have liked to have hoped that we could have done some sort of a, a pick swap deal. But look, that's all in hindsight. You know, um, Jace McCartney, who I was dealing with at the time, was pretty smart, switched on bloke as well. So, you know, not to say that they would have ever have traded that pick, but. You know, he's ended up being a fabulous player and, and, and so was Zach and, and so was a number of other players. So I think there's been a lot of winners from that draft. Well, we'll move on to another winner. Pick 55 was the club's next selection, Orazio Fantasia, the best name of the draft, no doubt. Um, his selection was a little bit from left field given he didn't even attend the draft combine, was playing for Norwood in the Sample. Uh, what was your – how clear cut a selection was he for you at pick 55? No, re- really clear and um, – you know, Merv Kane and Bruce Evans from South Australia deserve a, a fair amount of the credit for Arazio because um, he was playing senior football uh, for Norwood. Um, but look, <laughs> you know, he could have ridden lightweight in the Melbourne Cup. That's how skinny Arazio was. You know, he, you know, a lot of people just felt he was never going to get the body to play league footy. Um, and But what he could do, he can run, he's got speed, he's got great goal sense, he's got you know, a, good, a good football brain. And we saw, you know, particularly, you know, I think 216, we had that sort of breakout year. It was amazing. Um, sorry, 17. He just showed the football world what he could do. So, um, you know, and again, he's a player, you know, 22, 23 years of age, got the best footy ahead of him. So we're really looking forward to see what he can do. And I've got no doubt Orazio could actually play up on a wing and go through the midfield a lot more than what he does and be a very, very damaging player, a bit like, you know, Peter Matera was for West Coast. I know that uh, Wish has had that same view as well. Um, you know, I think that his best years are certainly in front of him. Absolutely. And just on Orazio, Nathan Bassett, he, how big a factor was he? We know he, we know that he joined Essendon as an assistant coach just before the 2013 draft, but he'd coached Fantasia at Norwood in the Sandfall. Like, was he someone that you really lent on heavily for some advice? 
No, not really. I think that, you know, he was just a, um, you know, he obviously uh, had some um, some input. You know, we obviously asked his opinion, but no more or no less than any other person around Australia. What you've got to understand is we need to have a real balanced view um, on what we do. And if we're relying on a person outside of our network to tell us who to recruit, then we don't stand for much. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of coincidence about that situation. He certainly didn't. Um, tell us to draft Aratio Fantasia. That was purely an independent recruiting decision. So when did he first enter your sights? Oh, playing for Norwood. Um, there's no doubt, you know, anyone that can play senior SANFL football uh, at, with that body and that frame and kick two and three goals each week has got ability. Um, the thing that went against him was, the, you know, the, the frame. But, um, you know, it took him a little bit of time to, to find his feet when, when he got here, but it was purely a... Uh, an exercise in putting weight on him. Uh, and once once that weight came, then you saw him develop into a, a very, very good AFL footballer. And the Pat Ambrose story is such a good one. He was recruited to Essendon VFL from Coburg, uh, played just seven VFL games in 2013. He was working as a bartender at the Skinny Dog Hotel <laughs> in Kew, doing a bit of tree lopping and studying environmental management at Deakin University. He's, he's another one that was quite left field, wasn't he? It's funny. I think I've never known so many people to claim one bloke in all my life. Um, the fact is one, one bloke uh, walked into my office, a guy called Matt O'Hanlon, and wrote his name on my whiteboard before anyone else had even known who he was. Uh, through his Xavier connection, and um, from there we uh, we got him to to play in our VFL program, and Hayden Skipworth did a mountain of work with him, and then we liked what we saw, and then as I said, Marty Allison did a lot of work on his kicking with him, um, just in his spare time, just to to bring up his kicking up to speed, because we thought that was an area of his game that needed um, some some tweaking on, and um, again, just another super competitive bloke who just. You know, gives everything he's absolutely got to the football club. You know, you see him play now and he can play back, he can play forward. Um, and he's one of those unsung heroes, Paddy. He's one of those guys that you know you can rely on. If the ball is in a 50-50 situation, get out of his way because he's either going to hurt himself or hurt you. Um, and again, he's one of those guys that everyone respects. And, you know, he's six foot four, Paddy, and he's probably our, well, he's our best runner at our football club for speed and endurance. Uh, and you probably you know, wouldn't understand that by looking at him on the footy field, but you know, a phenomenal athlete uh, and just as hard as they come and you wish you had more of those guys on your list because they play their role, great team men. The first one to sign, every time he's out of contract, bang, just re-signs. You know, he, he's there for the right reasons and, um, you know, obviously injured at the moment, but we can't wait to get him back. He's going to be a great player in the back half of this year when, when we get up and going for us. Sporting a new tattoo as well. I saw over the off-season, he's got the shark on the on the arm, so he's probably going to be tougher than ever. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you look at some players that they star in the VFL, but there are a lot that don't often make it. The AFL level is obviously a big jump, but how do you sort of take that punt and, and have faith that they'll be able to, to handle that leap from VFL to AFL? Well, in, Paddy, in Paddy's case, he's on our doorstep. So we're able to see him firsthand, the way he prepared, the way he trained and just how coachable he was. You're right. It's a very, very hard exercise to go through, particularly guys like Paddy that you can go watch them play in a game of football and they don't stand out. But what you need to do is you need to go and understand what their role is in the game, what their impact was. And it might be pressure acts. It won't be so much possessions or goals scored or, you know, taking 
pack marks. It's more the things that you don't see on stat sheets, you know, how he positions his body, how he beats the most dangerous opposition forward. Um, and then getting that feedback from his coach. And as I said before, you know, guys like you know Paul Corrigan and um, uh, Hayden Skipworth that played a significant part in his development gave us that first-hand knowledge of just what his role w- was and how he executed that role. And then you start to see people from a different um, from a different angle. And that's the art of recruiting is, that, is getting the information and that's why you need a great recruiting team around you that go out and find information around the country about these kids and trying to find, you know, that needle in a haystack, that little bit of extra information that you don't get on a video or you don't get watching a game live. And, and that's where the, the benefit for Paddy was. I've got no doubt if Paddy ever came to a VFL program, Paddy would not have played AFL football. Mm. And that's the benefit of having a VFL program. And it's not just about looking inside the country. It's also overseas. And you mentioned Connor McKenna at the top. What was involved in spotting him firstly and then trying to, to get him over to the club? Well, what happened there was, um, as we said, Marty Allison came on board and he's, he purely his job was to find talent outside of the traditional um, pathways. Um, so he went over to, uh, to England where the Australian under-18 team played a combined international team and uh, there was a number of people from a number of clubs there and um, Marty represented our football club and came back and said, this kid is pretty good. And once we saw the vision of him play, um, he's played this game of football and kicked four goals three against the best AFL under-18 talent and here's this kid who's never seen a football before in his life. Uh, and you could just see what he could do. And then um, as a team, we, uh, we, we, we got around him and Marty made a number of trips to, to Ireland to, to see the family. The AFL then brought him to the combine over here. And the thing about a guy like uh, Connor is that he's so uh, set in his ways and he's a very, very loyal young bloke. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great trait with all Irish young people is that, that I've dealt with is that loyalty. If you get in first and you get in front of them and you show them loyalty, they show you loyalty in spades back. And we were the first ones to make a move. Um, we were the first ones to show interest uh, and care and, and all those things. And um, he committed to us. And, and I remember when he did commit to us, um, another club with black and white stripes, I uh, won't mention their name, actually as we were just about to sign him, put an offer in front of him that was a lot more than what our offer was. And he knocked it back and he said, well, you, know, you guys have just come on the, on the scene now, but Essendon's been dealing with me for a number of months and had a loyalty sign for us. And I just thought, geez, that's... It's a, it's a great trait to have and, um, you know, he's played a lot of AFL football for us and, and, and again, he's a, he's a player that's got his best years ahead of him. Yeah, absolutely. And let's, let's hope we can see him uh, firing again soon when the, the season resumes. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, the, the 2013 draft, um, obviously given, given the circumstances around it, do you think that it's probably the most intense one that you've been involved in? They're all intense, but that one was was critically uh, vital to our footy club because of what was pending in terms of the Asada stuff and you know play. We, we were under under siege, if you remember correctly. Um, players were leaving. There was an uncertainty about a lot of players, 
Um, you know, here we were, a stable, strong football club, and all of a sudden we've got sanctions, we've got boys doubting their careers, there was suspensions looming, um, you know, Ryder leaves, Cromary leaves, Malchcombe leaves, Carlisle subsequently left, um, and we knew what was coming. And, and the other thing was, you know, player managers were circling as well because, you know, all of a sudden if, if you wanted to retain a player at our football club, then you had to pay a little bit more and it was becoming increasingly difficult to attract players to our club. Who wanted to come to Essendon during those days? No one wanted to come to our football club. You know, we were lucky that we got Brennan Goddard, I think at the end of 2012, 2013, to come as the first ever free agent to our football club. So here we are. We just signed one of the best players in the competition to come to our club, and we've sold him this vision, um, you know, about where we were going to take the club. And, and Hurdy, obviously, you know, with Hurdy Bomber moving forward, it looked just unbelievably exciting. And then it falls apart. So, you know, it, it's okay to uh, to think that you know everything will be all right, but you've got to get those drafts right. And fortunately, you know, to get four four players out of that one draft was, you know, some say lucky, some say hard work and I think it's more the hard work than, than luck. Yeah, well, uh, some fascinating insights and uh, a really successful draft for the club. And I guess it just goes to show the importance that one draft can have, especially in, in turbulent times. Really appreciate you, Adrian, sharing some insights and uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks very much, mate. It's uh, been a pleasure.